Welcome back to the front end coffee break. This is episode 22 already. Oh my goodness. This is great. Um, how are you, man? Hello. Oh, well, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, the weather is starting to cool off a little bit, which is nice. And other than that, um, enjoying us always a nice of decaf today. I'm not enjoying anything. Actually, I'm hating myself and hating uh, login forms and accessibility and how Chrome auto profiles inputs. It's uh, it's nice yeah. when you when you try to fill something and then it, it puts your credit card number there. It's like no, no, that's but not you know, where it goes. Back in the days when we, like we started with this HTML, usually the login forms were just you know it's a form tag. You have an input text, an input password, input submit, or just a button submit, right? But nowadays, these designers, man, they, they start doing like multi-step <laughs> things. And then I have this use case where the user is typing. And as they type, we change from different types of like input text. Maybe it's a number, maybe it's a username, maybe it's an email. And of course, it doesn't work very well everywhere. And I'm like, okay, I need to take a break, go to the front-end coffee break and start recording. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully after this episode, you'll be more sinful. <sighs> hopefully. Mm. All right. So as you probably already saw, guys, the title for today is AI, AI tools, how to use them. Um, we don't want this to become yet another post or yet another podcast on AI. Mm. So we want to give you uh, insight on, on how we do it, how, how we use it. And then you guys, please, please share with us uh, how you how you do it, right? And if you have any tips, tips or any other tools we don't use, mm. you know, as usual. Um, right. So I think do you want to deep dive into the history of AI or how it well, began? Yes, but um, this is not like uh, telling back, as you said, uh, <laughs> we want to share our experience with this, with the AI topic. We, I mean, there's fantastic material out there if you want to really re learn about AI tools, how to best use them as such. But this is more of how the impact it has had on our work. And first of all, as I wanted to talk with the, the how it began in our company, what was the first time that it was mentioned and how it evolved. The first time I, I looked for it in our Slack history and I found out that the first message came back from 2021, if I'm not mistaken, June 30th of 2021. And it was shared in the channel. Hey, I actually, I don't know how I came to with this with this news because it was me. I was surprised that it's like, oh, that's, <laughs> I shared, hey, have you heard about this? This thing called uh, Copilot. Has anyone tried it? It's interesting. I don't know if someone else had mentioned it before, but the thing is that back then, that's when I said, hey, what do you think about it? But that was and, two years ago already, right? Yes, two years ago already. And I think I started using it a little bit after that. Tried, uh, I signed up because you need to sign, sign up for to get the access and such. Mm -hmm. I did, and eventually I got the access and started using it since then. But it was interesting, the discussion that, 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 uh, that happened in, at that moment, you know? People were saying, oh, it seems that it's just a glorified, in a way, uh, autocomplete. And for me, actually, that was like a selling point. It wasn't a, a, a con, it was a pro. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. Because for me, one of the biggest issues in working with uh, the front end, working with CSS, not TypeScript, but working with CSS is the lack of autocomplete, you know, that you see in IntelliSense in, in when, you're, when you're working with the Java, for example. So it, it, it does, I think that the first, Parts of the discussion ran around that. Yeah, I mean that's that's how I think we all like began installing plugins back in the day mm. with VS Code or Atom or things like that, where you wanted to actually autocomplete more than the browser knew, right? Because mm. you know you, you define um, const chuchon doesn't know if it's a string, array, object, and they cannot autocomplete you with the different properties or methods. 
But uh, as soon as you have imports and exports and all those things, it starts to, you know, be more smart. And that's, I think that's one of the things I really liked about VS Code and mm. how it integrates with TypeScript. And then suddenly, if it knows it's uh, you know, an array, it will give you array map, array filter, all those things. Uh, it's really, really good. I, I just wish that, for example, this was part of a natural part of the of the of the, of the VS Code of the tool, maybe it will the be. IDE. I mean, when, once the AIs are so standard that you don't have to pay extra for it, maybe it's just a plugin, you turn it on and... That's yeah, the, the powered, your local powered AI. But it, it began like that. I People were sharing just how it worked that out as uh, autocomplete. And then eventually, I don't remember who, but they mentioned, hey, uh, well, I remember the ones people saying, well, do you think this will keep get uh, take our jobs away? And eventually someone said, nope, it's not going to take uh, our jobs because I tried this and it didn't work out that nicely. And I remember there was this one post that said, well, Stop it, stop the press, because I just asked him to do this, and this was the output, and it's, it, it was good. Yeah, I mean, surely, I mean, uh, we have not all had, have, like, um, examples, either with Copilot, either with ChatGPT, or any other AI tool that where you ask something, it returns you the perfect answer. And of course, if you were somebody who made a living out of answering that question, then you're out of, out of, out of work. But but for us, uh, let's talk a little bit more later on this. But I'm um, I'm not super afraid at this moment. <laughs> nice, and that was look, regarding ChatGPT and the ChatGPT. Sorry, uh, Copilot, which was yeah. nice. I eventually ended up uh, getting a license, and we've discussed about if it would would become eventually some sort of uh, uh, internal policy to have mm -hmm. uh, the company help us pay this because it made that work. Uh, at least I think it made made it work better. But well, that's a subject for another topic. And um, I, one of the first things, of course, you, you install the, the plugin in VS Code, and that's how you, you start working with it. But it's not the only plugin that, we, that you have, right? So right now you're working with one that I realized that I had installed but never used, which was the... Yeah, yeah exactly. So for, for my setup for GitHub Copilot would be three plugins. The main one, of course, Copilot. Hmm. Then you have uh, Copilot Chat, which actually gives you, like, you know, the regular chat on your uh, editor. So you don't have to leave to go to... ChatGPT or Bart or whatever it's mm. are in there. And the other one is called Labs, which is more like cutting edge, nightly builds, whatever, to try stuff. They do experiments, um, like you can select a piece of code and say, please document it for me, and it will add documentation, or uh, check these lines, is there any, any defect or any way to make it more clean? And it will do uh, sort of uh, the, uh, those things. I don't do it as much. Uh, what mm. I'm using mostly is the chat. Okay. Uh, and, and the superpowers when it comes to autocomplete, yeah. What about you? Well, I'm more of an autocomplete guy as well. And the Copilot, it's usually just like, um, I love it that it's so smart that, especially when you're repeating patterns, it, yeah, smart. when you're repeating patterns, which is what it's good for, and you're trying to add code that it's very similar to what you've added, or for example, you start adding a couple of um, values that you want to test, and it immediately autocompletes. I was working on a, for example, a airline-related uh, code, and I wanted to add the the airport code and the name of the airport. So I started to create a ton chunk on data. And when I started the second one, I just typed, for example, the name Barcelona, and immediately it auto-completed. Oh, everything else. Yeah. Yeah. The code, the airplane, the airport code, yeah. the geolocation, you know, the coordinates. Oh, wow. And it was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. So I and that's the main function that I that I, the autocomplete, as you say. And then sometimes, especially when it's I I I am not I am I am not ashamed of saying that when it's related to um, regular expression. 
So when you mean, you mean like you don't code your regular expressions by hand? You, you don't handcraft them anymore? I, no, 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 no. Anymore. I've never, well, uh, simple ones, yes. But then I, I use this online tool sometimes to try to, it, it's always been a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's not my thing. So th I think that this is one of the things that I've, that I've done the most. Like, hmm, write a regular expression that does this. So how do you how do you trust a regular expression? Like how do you Testing know it that? afterwards? Sure, I mean sure, but uh, do you know if you don't know anything about regex? Do you know it's performing? Do you know it's doing maybe too many lookups? Uh, how do you know that the code that GitHub Copilot is giving you is good enough for your standards? You don't, unless you know what you're doing. That's true. I mean that is the biggest danger in 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 AI generated tools. That and this happened to me, for example, not with AI necessarily, but Copilot. If I'm not mistaken, in one of the big um, things that it had to be controversies was that it, it, it was that it was trained with code and that was shared in GitHub. And I don't know if it used uh, Stack Overflow. I think it did. At one point, I remember sharing the news that Stack Overflow was blocking um, Copilot or something to to look at the well at, at the things that were shared there. In any case, um, I've seen, for example, people using Stack Overflow itself to post a solution of of a work when I was reviewing a pull request and seeing. Hey, it looks perfect, but this little piece of code, what does it do? And they told yeah, they, me they don't know, right? It's copy and paste. Yeah. Yes. And and that's yeah. the big danger. I mean, it happens even without AI. Right. So right. with it, the only thing that AI does is that it makes it more efficient. Faster. Paste, yeah. Fast bad code faster. It's a fast copy and paste. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I'm with you with the whole like uh, autocomplete, not only when I'm writing my JavaScript, but I've noticed a lot of performance boost when I'm writing end-to-end -end testing with okay. Cypress as a framework. Because I, I'm already like, um, everything is so descriptive. Like I have my object, I uh, have my selector, right? selector, header, selector, boot, selector, something. And then, of course, when you write that into one test with Cypress, you get to start doing it, open parentheses, and mm -hmm. then write, you know, uh, the button or the header expects to be this value. And then because it's so, it's so descriptive, when I do like blind break, it automatically will pick up my selector from the variable. It will automatically do, you know, the shoot and the assertion of, of Cypress that you don't know about. And it's... It's so fast. I'm, I'm really surprised how how good it is. Honestly, yeah. I, I that's that's a, a other one of the other uses that I do. Um, I I'm not a big fan of unit testing. I've never been a big fan of unit testing. I think it's it's necessary for certain things, but not for everything. But when we are asked sure. to yeah. cover everything, it's like okay, let's try to cover everything. And sometimes I do uh, get Copilot to help me out on that one. And then, as you said, the important thing is that it gets me started. It I say okay, I need this testing. Take this code. Are tested, and then I go through the the what the answer they gave me. Try to understand it and make sure that it's actually testing as it should be testing. Yeah, so I think we get a highlight or like underline. But you get to know what you're doing, right? I mean, yes, sure. Productivity boost, it's fantastic. Um, I mean, I pay what ten euros or twenty if it's uh, like premium, like a business account, whatever for GitHub. Totally worth it if it saves you an hour a week or two hours a week or whatever it is. So definitely worth it. But you got to know the output. You got to learn. Yes. Okay, uh, yes. it's giving me this. I understand what it's doing, and and not just you know do the old copy and paste. Oh, as as as, as long as uh, that's something you do, uh, that's fine. Uh, what I like about the chat, um, not only autocomplete, it's like it will be very like context aware. <laughs> so um, I I will have my maybe two or three files open in my visual code, and then I will ask a question without context, and it will know that I'm talking about maybe Cypress or end-to-end -end testing. Maybe, you know, I'm, I'm, I have one Cypress file open, one spec file, and I will write something, and then on the, on the chat I'll say, um, this should be a, that, or how do I check this thing? And I don't have to tell it, 
uh, for Cypress, how do I make an assertion that will, mm. no, 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 mm. I mean, I can be more and more like um, vague or or lazy on my prompt and it will know because of the files open, which is fantastic. <laughs> and this is a tip that you told me that I didn't know and I, I am eager to try anything that makes the, the work uh, easier. And now, regarding the cost, because that's, that's I guess, one of the things that, that that's um, con not controversial, but I think you have to take into account how much does it cost uh, in, in general. For us as developers, it's around, I think, the the license 10 euros and dollars 10 if it's personal right but mm. if you do like organization like business sso type of thing it's i think it's 20 euros a month okay or dollars uh, a month for copilot but we're talking about money i yes. was reading this wall street journal blog post i have the name here what is it uh i lost it now where is it <laughs> well anyway what's the journal they were talking about the hype of ai and the cost of it and they were mentioning that uh, people close to the numbers on, on GitHub, they were saying that the individual cost of uh, GitHub Copilot was close to $80, like in terms of like uh, making it run servers and all those things, right? While you'll be paying 10, which is an indication of what's, what's going to happen in the future. Once the critical mass is using Copilot or whatever, they were, they're going to say, hey, it's no longer 20, now it's 100, right? Oof, I... That's a little bit scary. I mean, it, it is a typical thing that they do, that they undersell it. it would that be the term? But that they, they basically make you pay less than it's really costing them. Yeah, but, but for, for everything, no? It's like uh, when they give you a, a first discount if you sign up for a service and it's first once for free. Uh, now, now Copilot is like maybe two years for almost nothing and now but, they're going to charge for it. I found that the title, if you guys going to want to read about it, it's Big Tech Struggles to Turn... AI hype into profits. Uh, it, it's worth the rate. Um, interesting stuff. I think in this case, it's we can presume that the cost has to go down. Definitely has to go down because otherwise, as you said, it's not going to be maintainable. And code-wise, maybe specifically, if for example, this is AI. If I'm not mistaken, this is general AI. It's not necessarily copilot. No, you have to go back to general. Yeah. So this includes writing the. Uh, proofreading, if we could say, and generating content and generating a lot of these other things. Uh, so that's why it's ex that expensive. Maybe for, um, if it's only coding, maybe it, it would be a little bit or quite a bit less. And eventually with, you know, the faster computers and such, uh, it, the costs should go down. Yeah, but it's an interesting question to know. I mean, how much, like, do you produce more with paying, you know, 100 euros for about a month is it really worth it? It's very hard. It depends on 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 where you are, how much yes. you build to the clients, yes. how much you make every month. But easily, like ten euros is a no brainer. Twenty euros is probably a no brainer if you're like work, using it for work, uh, for pleasure, or your life is different. But for work, twenty euros yeah. a month. Uh, I mean, to do the math and how much, how many like minutes or hours are you saving, and then it, it's a, it's a simple uh, calculation. It's, it's just like, for example, in, in a way I see it, you had, you, you, before you had books and you were looking for something, you opened the book to see the reference and see how it works. Then you have uh, internet where, where you could just go and look for the, for, for the documentation there. Then you have specialization pages like Stack Overflow, where you, people are asking questions and you go look for them there. And now AI, it's like, okay, you take one of these, you always can go back to the other. It's less efficient, but it's always there. Yeah. But right, so it seems like we are doing a yes, copilot show, and no. I think you have three more tools you want yes. to share. <laughs> Go ahead, man. The next one is uh, it came. It, this is the order in which they appeared. ChatGPT. I mean, we've we've shared, and I guess that this was the one that that broke the internet. Let's we would say it like this: that it it made suddenly AI 
aware to the rest of the world. The one that said, hey, guys, we're, do, we're producing AI too fast, uh, too quickly, and you should stop working on AI for six months. I think this was said by Mr. X uh, himself and other people that were trying to slow down the, the development of, of AI. And in any case, ChatGPT was a kind of, that, that one that came in, it broke everything and it made you question for once people were saying, hey, is this going to take your, our jobs or not? The first mention that we had was back in December 8th, 2022. So in our oh, Slack channel. Right? In our Slack channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember, this is in the internal Slack channel. The first person that mentioned it was back then, and they were. I think they were saying, "Hey, you know, this is th this thing is coming out." It was back then. I think ChatGPT three, and they were discussing precisely regarding all the uses and such. And it was, I mean, over a year and uh, a half uh, after. And this one, I started trying it out. Uh, we had even bigger discussions about it. It was not just like, "Oh, it's autocomplete." It's not like, "Oh, someone." I think they they mentioned I asked it to do this piece of code. And here was the answer, and I'm really surprised about what, what I got. I don't remember your opinion regarding ChatGPT when it came out. What was it? I um, definitely, we, we, I think we all tried it at, at some point, but if, for me, it quickly died down because I, I, I hmm. don't know. I mean, it, it, maybe it's not ChatGPT issue, but the issue in general where I like to fact check, fact check, or I'm, I'm old, I don't know, but it's like I don't fully trust <laughs> facts when they come from the AI. Like code is different because code I understand, right? Code I can read the JavaScript, I can read the HTML, and I know if it's wrong, I can fix it. But with facts, if I ask it, okay, who was the first to win the World Series in whatever, uh, I, I have to trust it, and I don't like that. I like to, you know, go to Google or whatever search engine that they go and see the different results. Okay, there's three websites: one from mm -hmm. Wikipedia, one from whatever baseball stats, and it give me the, the the cross check I need. With ChatGPT, I don't have that. And I, I, it was the first time that I saw uh, people that I worked with learn from ChatGPT. They used it to to learn, which it it can be a little bit um, dangerous. But I think it's it's nice. I've done it myself when I when I heard that this was not was one of the use cases that was used. It's like okay, let me try that. Um, I'm actually uh, paying for a license of ChatGPT. I'm using it not only for work, but I'm also using it. Uh, How much is in, it? I think it's twenty something. Twenty something. Okay. I, I think it's a little bit too expensive. Uh -huh. And I use it less for work, always trying to make sure that what I'm sharing is not sensitive. That's yeah, a very right. important thing. Confidentiality. Uh, yes, confidentiality. I usually change uh, information regarding this. And I use it more for personal stuff. I mean, for the things that I do on my own, not necessarily coding, but anyhow. Um, someone mentioned, hey, I'm using it for, I'm learning through it. It's like, okay, that sounds interesting. And I started asking it like, okay, give me information regarding this topic. Give me, tell me a little bit about this, about that. And for me, it ended up working more as an inspiration than as a source of truth. It's like I asked, I asked it for a couple of topics that I was uh, working on. It's like, okay, could you explain this to me? The explanation was nice, and it served as a starting point to from where to pull, you know, the string. I don't remember right now the specific topic. It was something that I hadn't worked with uh, in the beginning, and I was like, okay, how do you do this? And I said, okay, let's start with with chat. Put it in as like explain this to me, and it gave me an explanation. Okay, this is interesting, and I started grabbing the 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 keywords and I started looking for them outside uh, that area context, and it helped me get started. So uh, that's the, the 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 main cases that I have. I sometimes ask him uh, to complete certain uh, or, or do certain more complex things, uh, or just to help me out get started or get inspiration. Um, you you don't use it that much. You've 
Not really. I mean, the, the whole prompting. No, I mean, I think I'm, I'm 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 done with like I'm done. I'm, <laughs> it's sufficient for me. Like, like, no prompting. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Copilot is sufficient for me for, for work and for my personal stuff. Again, right. I, I don't I don't really like it. So to, for today's like uh, podcast, I was also taking a look again at, at Bart, the Google's version of, yes. of AI and chat, and I like it a little bit more because when you search there for facts, it will give you search results as well. Like. But when you search for something, it will give you the answer, the fact answer, but you can actually, there's a button there that says cross-reference with Google search, and then nice. you can actually see links to the Google search, and then you can compare. And what I got in the Google search was actually what, what Bart was giving me, which is, again, uh, like answer from websites, right? But I liked it because I, I knew the source. I knew that this was taken from that website, and I trust the source. And this is what, where the next one, I mean, although ChatGPT is the biggest one, I think it's the one that, in a way, has had less impact in our work. We, um, and the one that I use more is precisely one that gives that function that he says, Bard can do this, but I've using um, someone shared and let me see what it was in May 8th of 2023 this year. So it was like, well, six, five months or four months after the, the ChatGPT uh, find.io, which is a search engine that you use for code. I'm sure that there are more like this one. It uses the ChatGPT uh, engine in the background. But what I love about it is that it gives me the best of both worlds. The, it gives me the chat GPT-related answer. I can keep on prompting it. And it gives me a series of links or where, where I can look about the answer. It's Stack Overflow, um, uh, Mozilla, the documentation. Center, all this up, whatever it is, right? Whatever it is the source of, of the exactly. information. Mm -hmm. And as you say, that's, I think that brings a lot of value. It's like, okay, it's, this is the quick answer, but I can see where, where the, this comes from and I can jump and see. Because sometimes it's not... One of the things that they were saying about uh, Copilot is that oh, they give you, it gave you the answers to the best scored answer, but it wasn't maybe not necessarily right. the, the newest one or the, or the best correct one. one. Exactly. It's just the most voted one. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. for me, uh, these kind of tools, if not, if it's not integrated in, in, in the best ways to have it integrated in your IDE to work on it, like Visual Studio, uh, Visual Studio Code, and that's the best. And the second best, if you look outside, I wouldn't love. It's this, something that gives you context, that you look for something and it tells you, hey, this is where I found the information. So, Twitch, will we as front-end software engineers get out of work or get kicked out uh, because of AI? I don't want to say yes or no, because this is something that if, if I say, uh, this is the kind of things that you say, no, never, and then I'm out of a job next month. Shit, no. I might, but, um, <laughs> but I think we can, we would, it would be a safe bet to say that in the next maybe two or three years, we are more or less safe, right? I mean, I, I wouldn't say 10 because I don't know, but at, at the current state, there's no way you can hand over everything you're doing in your day-to-day -to, -day to an AI. Yes, that is true. Un unfortunately, and this is something that I discussed with a friend, you know it, I know it, a lot of developers know it, but the bosses of the developers, do they know it? The ones taking the decisions, do they know it? And there are people thinking that right now these kind of things can substitute when it's not true. This, this tools, at least in my experience, they complement us. They make for some jobs, like for front yes. end, it yes. surely complements. For others, surely, I mean, if you had somebody, I don't know, uh, moving Excel rows or somebody doing, I don't know, very manual labor, probably that's going away. But for us, where we do like complex integrations with systems, APIs, things that have no documentation you're creating from scratch 
I doubt that they can do that uh, in the near and, future. And basically, this is something that that you mentioned a little bit back. Like when you have several tabs open, you ask the chat, it's aware of the context. Some of the work that we do has to be context aware, not only about the work that we're doing, but where we're doing it, who the client is, what the real needs are, and this kind of thing. So for short, I think it's going to change the way that work. It's going to complement us. And um, the important thing is that uh, quality work is not going to be that easily substituted for now, I think. So let's see what the future <laughs> comes. Uh, Talking about future, what would you like to see in AI? Like moving, moving on, now we have this answers, facts, we have free writing, you can ask it, like, give me a form and they will give you the form in HTML. But what else would you like to see? Um, one of the things that I, that, that I say is I think since in the end, it's based on patterns. And if you teach it or it knows good patterns, uh, quality assurance. And I'm not saying that it's going to take the jobs hard. Careful now. Our QA. Careful no, now. No, 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 no. full community of QAs. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. Um, what I mean with this is that it will help, for example, I would right now, depending on how much resources that you have and how much you want to emphasize on quality, we at this uh, Cognizant Center, we do have uh, quality gates and and re and regular reviews and maybe even more, but um, depending on on the resources that you have, you can do one or the other or both or whatever. And I think that this would be just an additional layer in which you can tell it, okay, let's review the code quickly and give me any before your. It it wouldn't be the peer review, but it would be before I, I push this code, please review it and give me tips, and then I can push a better right. review. Code. I mean, we, we do have things like Sonar that, that checks, I think, checks the code, and but but better. I mean, I, I guess what you, you mean like better stuff. Yeah, yes. I, I get it. I get it. That would be one. And you, what, what uh, is there I anything? Want, I want not to work. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, in, in general, I, I think just better, better results, better autocomplete, better mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. knowing knowing before I want to sell something, just give it to me. And, and just, you know, I guess in, in time, having to less and less fact check or having less and less to rewrite because usually when I get something like a big chunk of code, it's almost never what I want. When it's autocomplete, yes, tap, tap, mm. tap, and I, I correct. But it's when, when I ask it like a whole function, I, I, ask, I write a comment and say, write me a function that will calculate this thing based on that, will return an array. It's never what I want would have like written manually. So I want in the future better results just you know, to get this boring stuff, things that I that you need my brain to just do it faster, be more productive in other texture or how you will be with stuff. One thing that I think is that maybe languages will evolve as well. Okay. We had assembly code in the beginning, which is basically very close to machine code. And then we had higher level languages like that was more based on how we think, and then it transformed it to machine code and such. And we have even la uh, natural language languages uh, that are tried to be like very the way that you speak. And maybe that would be the next evolution where you can actually write the algorithms and explain what you need to do. And then it would write so more down. Like Iron Man, Iron Man, like Jarvis, uh, what's the, whatever, Alexis and all those things, but more, more, more yeah. on, on strides, right? I don't think that this would be useful in uh, like a silver bullet. This wouldn't be something that can be used in every single context. But I think that there's certain things that can get programmed this way that would benefit from natural language. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe yeah. De well, depending on 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 what you want, but I think. But more or less, we're doing it right. I mean, more or less, sure. And JavaScript is not like not yeah. a language, but then on the prompt on the chat, you already tell it, "Hey, write me a function that will calculate the age based on whatever." No, That's... so this is very very like natural like, and it will convert it to if then for each's and array maps. I if I ever create this language, it would be called the black box. 
black box. Okay, nobody knows That's how to do it. Uh, what's, how does it work? But you get a lot of money. Exactly. Uh, Twitch, come box. Yeah, anything else you'd like to see when it comes to future AI for coding? Well, the code that it gives you code optimization, right. it's very similar to the, to the, the quality the assurance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. For definitely, um, as, as part of the quality code, code uh, unit testing, I hate uh-huh. unit testing, as I said, <laughs> but I'm not completely against it. And if I can have an AI to do the unit testing by writing in a natural language, maybe the expectations uh, of the data or whatever, that would be nice. But what about the other way around? When you, I mean, I'm, I, I'm a big fan of TDD, test driven development, and I sometimes do the unit test or even like the end-to-end first. Right? I, I read the end-to-end and then I start coding because I know that whenever it's safe, I will get yes. green, green or red. But maybe what about if you write yes. the end-to-end yes. quite comprehensive and then magically they will write the code. Of course, the code will be ugly and obscure, but maybe in the future it's going to be clean code. I well, don't know. Here we have an idea. Let's let's create black box, the one that where you write unit testing driven the, the design development and you just write the unit test and it creates the code for you. Wow. Maybe. We could call it, yeah, the purple purple box. Alrighty, what is uh, what else is here? We're almost out of time. Um, well, I guess we can close down with how yeah. we use uh, just a, as a summary uh, uh, how we use um, these these tools in, a, in every day and uh, general thoughts. Yeah, I think every day for me, I already mentioned. So it's it's VS Code, right, with the three main plugins, and yeah, um, more and more I'm using like the chat more and more every day. I, mm. I, I wasn't so much in the past few months, but now. Because I see real results and good results, I'm starting to use it more and more rather than just Googling, just, you know, be aware of my context. Because usually when you go to Google, you mm. got to also give it the context, like, okay, paste the error message that you have or paste the, the code that you have in, in like thinking that maybe you will get documentation and you get source code from GitHub. But now with the GitHub chat, it already knows my context. So um, I'm a little bit faster with the nice. chat than, than Googling. Well, in my case, it's very similar to yours. Uh, my two use cases are Copilot, definitely. I think it makes my my life a little bit easier. And the other one is uh, the one that I mentioned, search, uh, let's say, uh, code-driven search engines, if we could call it like that, in which you ask a question, you put up a question, or it gives you the information back, the answer, but it also gives you context so that you can pull the string from there. And those would be all, but the, the, the two. I, I don't think you need much more. I think... Copilot, yeah, yeah. and they don't, they're not paying us. They're not, uh, this is not, not paid, sponsored. Not, not sponsored. sponsored. But no. if you want sponsors, uh, talk to us. <laughs> talk to us. But yeah, uh, I think that it's, it's, it's more than enough. I, I, I guess most of the things that I've done, yeah, I can do it with Copilot <laughs> and be happy about that. So what do we want to ask our listeners? Um, yeah, again, tips and tricks. I, th- I think I'm, I'm, I'm eager to, to listen to what they have done in the past or what you guys are using nowadays if maybe it's a, it's a new tool or maybe how you use the tools maybe that's something we don't know about surely new features come up every day so i, I would like to know how you guys uh, use ai please please share sharing is caring all right then thank you so much for joining today oh thank you ricardo as always it's a pleasure it is and for you guys see you in the next front end coffee break bye <laughs>